Hey there, lovely souls. I'm your host, Allison Toth, and I want to give you a warm welcome to Wishing You Wellness, the podcast where mental health meets spirituality. When it comes to rock bottom, I've been there more than once, and I know what it's like to wake up daily to mental health struggles. On this podcast, I share insight and stories to help motivate and inspire you and to help you feel less alone in this. In Wishing You Wellness, we talk inner child healing, mindset shifts, radical self-love, the art of intentional living, and so much more. Think of me as your mental wellness bestie. If you're ready to step into your power and change your life, just hit play. Hello, you guys. Welcome back. It is so, so, so good to see you. I missed you. Hello. I haven't seen you since, what, like mid-September, I think, was the last time I put out an episode. Yeah, something like that. So, happy October, everybody. Whether it's your first time here or you've been here since day one, I want to say thank you so much for taking some time out of your day to come share this space and this energy with me. Like, I really, like, you guys are why I do this, and so it means so much to me seeing more and more of you tune in each week because I just feel like we're a little family and we are like going through these things together as you guys send me more and more episode suggestions like today's episode was an episode suggestion btw but the more that you guys send me those and the more that I'm able to answer them the more that I feel like we're connected as a community so please if you have any episode requests if there's something you want to hear If there's a question you're dying to ask me, please get in my inbox on Instagram, shoot me an email, however you want to reach me, me, however you want to reach me, send me freaking pigeon mail or smoke signals, I don't care, but ask me questions because that is the entire point of wishing you wellness is I want to help you guys with whatever is most potent in your mental health life at the moment and whatever is you know, the most pressing thing. And so, yeah, ask, ask away, you guys. (laughs) So um, I spent the last week in North Carolina and I gotta say, it was very, very needed. I get caught up in this mindset a lot that my self-worth is directly linked to my productivity. And so if I have a productive day, then yes, I get a cookie, I get a gold star, I love myself. But if I'm unproductive, if I don't check those boxes off my to-do list, if I don't reach those target goals, then I'm mad at myself. Then I'm depriving myself of things that I enjoy, like watching a freaking good comedy movie. Like for the longest time, I would shame myself about the fact that I really enjoy watching comedy because it's quote unquote, not productive. And literally two episodes, three episodes ago, I had on Anita May. And she's a money mindset coach and she's incredible. And she was like, yeah, I'm like, I've been a six figure earner for so long and I watch TV all the time. Like you can watch TV and still reach these huge goals. Like, I don't know where you heard otherwise. And I was like, ah, girl, you just blew my mind open. A whole new portal just opened up for me. Recognizing that I can be a, a hard worker and badass and be a girl who really loves to snuggle up in bed with a cup of tea and put on a good comedy or like, yeah, sometimes a romantic comedy if I'm feeling spicy. But yeah, I just wanted to share that with you guys. So what was I saying? Oh yeah, talking about North Carolina. So I get stuck in go mode a lot. I get stuck in being obsessed with productivity. And when I went out to North Carolina, I really did get to kind of like check out a little bit. Like My friend and I went to the beach and 
I sat on the shore and I watched the waves crash for a long time. I don't even know how long. And it was such a great reminder. Like I remember sitting there being like, wow, these waves are so big and I am so small. I am so freaking small. And, you know, I think a lot of us are guilty of this, but I'm really, really guilty of this. I let my day-to-day problems and stresses and struggles sometimes feel so much more prominent and so much more legitimate than the endless amount of things that I have to be grateful for. Sometimes I'm so focused on the little shit, like the person who you know, doesn't use their turn signal in front of me or the fact that I had to get out at three different gas pumps because none of them were taking my card or, you know, those little stupid things that we get annoyed at. All of those things are taking away valuable energy from our time here on this wonderful, magnificent planet. And so, yeah, as I'm sitting here watching these huge waves hit the shore over and over again, and mind you, these are huge waves, right? I was in North Carolina three days before Hurricane Ian touched the shore. And so these were some big ass waves. And as I was watching them, I was just like, wow, I feel humbled and I feel regrounded kind of because I had really been letting myself get so, so caught up in like these little goals and like just obsessing, obsessing over how I can be better, how I can show up as a better podcast house, how I can be a better friend, how I can be a better this, how I can be a better that. And sometimes I get so wrapped up in that that I forget that sometimes we don't need to be doing the work. We can't do the work 24 7, 365, or we will burn out and explode, okay? We will combust if we do that. We need breaks where we just give ourselves permission to simply be, to simply enjoy, to simply be alive. Because at the end of the day, yes, we're here on earth to have like these goals and these dreams and these heart centered missions, but guys, Like the real reason we're on the universe is so much more than paying bills and checking little things off your goal list and your to-do list. Like it's so much bigger than all of that. And so, yeah, I just thought it was a great reminder for me as I was just chilling on Carolina Beach. There wasn't really a ton, a ton for us to do while we were there um, where we were staying. And so we really just spent our time on the beach. And I was like, man, it is great to be reconnected with life outside of a city because city living, as much as I like it in my tiny little city, it can be a lot sometimes. So yeah, I just wanted to share that with you guys, catch you up a little. Um, I'm actually over the moon because this week I will be traveling to San Diego, California to meet my mentor, Maddie Maple, at her retreat. It's called Fruition. It's like this luxury retreat on the beach in San Diego. I talk all about it in another episode, so I won't talk your ear off now, even though I want to. because this is literally the most exciting thing I've ever done. I'm getting to meet all of these super aligned women who all are just on a mission to better themselves just like me. And we're just going to spend a couple or a week, half a week together on the beach, sipping mimosas. We have a private tattoo artist. Like it's going to be really cool. So yep, that's what's up in my life. And yeah, I want to hear what's up in yours. So jump in my DMs on Instagram. I'm so serious right now. And Let me know how your week's going. Let me know what's been going on because you guys are more than listeners. You are my homies. 
my homeboys and gals. Probably mostly gals, but I'm sure we got some homeboys in here and some home days. <laughs> so back, back to what we're talking about today, which I haven't even announced yet, so how exciting is that? You already read the headline to this episode and you probably clicked on it for a reason, if not because you have interest in this yourself. Maybe you know somebody who's interested or maybe you are just a curious cat, in which case, grab a chair or pull up because you're about to hear the whole story. Today, I'm going to be talking about when I got a breast reduction at 18 years old. And I'm gonna talk a little bit about why I did that, how I made the decision, and then I'm gonna talk a little bit about the process because when I was going through the process of trying to have this breast reduction done, not a lot of people were taking me seriously, especially with my age. So I tended to look to YouTube a lot and like look to blogs and ask people like what to expect from a breast reduction? How do I get my insurance to approve it? Is the recovery long? What's it like? I had so many questions and I was struggling to find, you know, answers until I went to YouTube. And so this is kind of my way of sharing my experience with others because the people who shared their experiences with me were really what helped me. They were like the catalyst to what gave me the bravery to actually go through with this. And yeah, it was actually one of the best decisions I've made in my entire life. One of the more difficult ones, but the one of the best. And so yeah, we're gonna get into all kinds of stuff today. I actually have two questions from listeners because I made a little poll and asked if anybody had any questions on this. So I'm gonna save those for a little later. And first, I'm just going to start with the story. So grab your popcorn and let's begin. When I was 15 years old, I noticed that I was starting to really fill out. And like, not in the way that other girls my grade were, where they were getting these like cute little perky C cups, D cups, like I was starting to fill out, fill out. And I wasn't really sure what my bra size was. Like it wasn't important to me. I just knew that clothes didn't fit me right. I would buy clothes and no matter what, they were just stuck to my breast and I was uncomfortable and I just felt weird in my body. And so as I got older and my breasts continued to grow, I started being treated differently and I started getting catcalled and I started being like very overly sexualized. And I felt like a lot of it, well, all of it was unsolicited and I wasn't a very sexual person as a teenager like I know a lot of people lost their virginity in high school and like explored the sexuality that wasn't me I was like the anti-sexual for the first two years of high school I had no interest the first three years of high school I was like nope I'm abstinent like no interest in any of that shenanigans <laughs> like that tomfoolery is not for me and so this extra attention that my body was now calling to me was making me super, super uncomfortable. But not only that, but the physical weight of my boobs suddenly just like spurting out and growing and growing was indescribably uncomfortable. I felt like I literally had weights strapped to my chest. My back hurt every single day and every single night. It got to the point where I couldn't even really go to the gym without having to wear three sports bras to just like hold my tits into place, which sounds dramatic, but if you're a member of the big titty committee, you are nodding your head right now and you're like, yup, yup, because try working out in regular bra. 
when your boobs are like flopping all over. It's impossible. You know what I mean? And so I just felt myself starting to avoid physical activity, starting to avoid having to run or having to go to swim practice. And I was a really athletic kid. I was playing soccer. I was a cheerleader. I was on the swim team. Like I loved sports and movement and exercise. And I found myself starting to really pull back from all of that because my breasts were so heavy that working out physically debilitated me for a day afterwards because it hurt so bad and I was so sore. Um, and so I started kind of thinking about, you know, what what do women do when they're in this situation, right? Because I was looking around me and girls my age were wearing push-up bras and they were all wanting big boobs and they wanted what I had. And so a tiny voice inside of me was like, don't you dare give away those knockers because there are girls out here who would kill to have them. I even had friends who when I told them I was going to have the reduction, the most common thing I heard was, can the surgeon give me half? And of course I was like, girly, I wish, I would love, I would love to give my little titty friends some titty because I think they deserve all the titty that they want. But sadly it doesn't work that way. And I would love to give away my extra tit so like meet me at our spot if you could figure that out and eventually I decided that the first thing I was going to try to get rid of my breast was I was going to try to lose weight and so I started really pushing myself and like exercising a little bit more than I needed to I started restricting my diet to a certain amount of calories a day and that's when I kind of realized like this isn't safe this isn't healthy I'm starting to obsess about my body to the point where it's come to this and so something has to be done And so when I was 18, or when I was 17, turning 18, I went to a doctor. Wait, no, I had just turned 18. Yeah, it was spring. It was spring of whatever year that was. I'm not even gonna, not even gonna overexert myself. Overexert myself. I'm so sorry, I just had a stroke. I'm not gonna overexert myself trying to remember what year because it's pointless. But whatever year it was, I went in in like January. And I talked to this doctor and I told him everything that was going on and he was like, okay, so here's what you're going to do. You are going to go to your doctor, you are going to go to a chiropractor, you are going to get a second opinion and you're just going to get as many letters as you physically can with doctors saying the same thing that they think that you would greatly benefit from a breast reduction because it would improve the quality of your life physically. Now it's important to really hone in on that physically thing because we still live in an era where health insurances can be kind of gray area about mental health care. And so I didn't lead with the fact that my boobs were making me mentally uncomfortable and making me have like weird self-image and body dysmorphia and not be able to fit into clothes. No, I led with the physical issues, the facts, the things I could put down on paper that were affecting my life and these things that were happening because of my large breast. And so I went and I got these letters. I had a doctor write a letter saying that he could see bra strap indentions in my shoulders from like years of having on these bras that were too tight, just trying to hold my breast up so they didn't hurt so bad. And then I had another doctor, you know, look at me and say the same thing. He could see that my back was starting to arch a little and I had really poor posture. And, you know, I went and saw a chiropractor and did a couple sessions and there wasn't much improvement. So I had all of these doctors saying the same thing, like, we think she's a good candidate. And so I went back to my surgeon, who is an incredible man, Dr. Jeffrey Copeland in St. Peter's, Missouri. 
if you're ever getting a breast reduction, travel to him. He was absolutely incredible. Anyway, back onto the story. Um, so I came back to Dr. Copeland and I had all of these letters and he was like, okay. And so we took some pictures for the insurance of me just standing. And so you could see like my body size, you could see how disproportionate my breasts were. You could see my back starting to curve. I don't think I mentioned this, by the way. At the time, I was a 32 E cup, but I was almost an F. So basically like a 32 E or F cup, which, yeah, it is as painful as it sounds. Check on your friends with E cups. We're hurting. <laughs> but yeah, so we took those pictures and he sent that along with all of these letters off to the insurance company and we waited. And it was the most painful waiting of my whole life because I knew that if I could have this breast reduction, I could have my life back. I could go back to tumbling when I was doing cheerleading and not being in pain. I could go back to, you know, being able to do yoga without it being super uncomfortable. I could just feel normal in my body and I could feel like my body was mine because at the time I remember the my body felt like it belonged to somebody else. Like I felt like I'd accidentally been given these ginormous tits that like I never asked for. And so, and so yeah, like I was saying, the waiting was very, very hard and endless. And I spent a lot of the time waiting, looking at what the cost would be without insurance to see if it was possible for me to pay for it out of pocket because I wanted this bad. And I was having a lot of people at the time that were older than me tell me that I needed to be thinking this through more and telling me that this was a decision I couldn't undo and I'd have to live with it for the rest of my life and I'd have these scars and blah, blah, blah. And so I was hearing a lot of that stuff. But, you know, it's so funny because in my heart, I was so confident in my own answer that I didn't even hear those voices. When people told me, like, you're crazy, I would never do that or you should wait, wait till after you have babies or this or that, I was like, no, no, I'm ready. I am ready to feel good and I deserve that. And so at 18 years old, I did a brave thing and I chose myself. And sorry, I got off topic there for a second, but I was saying how I was doing the math about how much the surgery would have been out of pocket. And you guys, a breast reduction out of pocket was something like 30 grand before anesthesia. You're gonna want anesthesia, you know? <laughs> And so I had looked at like taking out a loan and stuff like that. And I just had come down to the realization that it was all or nothing. Either my insurance was going to help or this was not going to be possible for me. And so I waited and waited and waited. And it was May when I got the call. I was at this camp for my college. It was like a little camp that freshmen go to to get to meet new people and get to know the campus. And I was just sitting in the theater um, with this big group like waiting for our next activity or whatever it was and my phone rang and I saw that it was Dr. Copeland's office and so naturally you know I pick up really really quick and I'm like hello and he's like Allison there's something I gotta tell you and my heart sank and I was like no and he was like your insurance approved you can have the surgery in July and I was like I dropped my phone out of my hand and I started crying hysterically because my prayers had been answered. My, my like requests that I had sent out into the universe, the pleads that I was sending up to God, to source, to everybody were finally answered. And I was like, yes, I'm going to get to do this. And so the preparation began and 
By preparation, I mean not much. <laughs> Basically, I just started getting nervous because that's what you do when you're waiting for a surgery. And I made the fatal mistake of looking up what a breast reset. Uh, oh my gosh, I cannot speak today. What a breast reduction surgery looks like. I looked that up. Don't do that. That is my first tip for you today. And I'm sorry if I planted the idea in your head, but you were gonna have that idea anyway. I'm telling you, don't watch it. You don't need to know. What's gonna happen is gonna happen. It's safe, it's good, it's fine. Like, don't watch the videos. <laughs> but I spent the next month and a half just, you know, getting a little nervous, getting excited. And yeah, then it was the week of my surgery and it was go time. And there wasn't much that I had to do different. The night before the surgery, you know, I couldn't eat or drink anything and I had to use this unscented soap, this like antibacterial soap. And yeah, I went in at five or six in the morning, the day of my surgery, and everything was fine. They let me have my partner at the time back there with me. They let my mom come back. And so they just sat with me and they gave me a little bit of light anesthesia to help with the nervousness because you're gonna be very nervous. Uh, breast reduction's a pretty invasive surgery, so it's normal to have some nerves. But they gave me a little bit of that and then they wheeled me back and I don't remember any of it. They did a great job with my anesthesia and making sure that I was fully out before I got into the operating room because I don't remember a thing. Besides waking up, I immediately lifted my hands to my chest and all I felt was this bandage, but I felt a difference because normally when I lifted my hands up to my chest, it would take approximately like 2.8 seconds for them to reach my boobs. Now it probably took 3.8 seconds. It took longer to reach my boobs because now my boobs were not sagging halfway to the floor. Now my boobs were smaller. And so I woke up from the surgery. I was really, really out of it. And yeah, the first whole day post-surgery, I was pretty out of it. And my mom came and brought me these little bralettes. My best friend Raina came and like brought me bras. And everybody's like, why did you want bras? And it's like when you spend your whole life having to special order bras that look like grandma bras, the first day that you can shop at Victoria's Secret, girl, you're gonna go nuts, okay? So yeah, I was a little bit out of it the first day. And then that evening actually, or no, I stayed overnight the first night, that's correct, yes. And then the next morning I was discharged. Um, my mom helped me into the car. I went home, I took a long nap. They give you pain medication, obviously. Um, it's like some Tylenol stuff, super, super Tylenol, you know. And yeah, my recovery was super, super smooth. My recovery took about three or four days for me to feel mentally normal and it took me about a week to feel physically normal but I really did bounce back quick after that. And you know, people say that it's a painful recovery, but that was not my experience at all. Um, I guess, I don't know, I wasn't in super, super amount of pain. It did hurt, obviously, but I was definitely expecting more pain, if that makes sense. And so yeah, I went through my recovery. Um, some people have drainage tubes that they have to have removed, but I was very fortunate because they didn't have to do that with my surgery. They also did the kind of stitches that dissolve after they're done. And so I didn't have to have stitches removed, which is amazing. Um, if you can advocate for your doctor, I don't know if you're allowed to do this, but if you're allowed to advocate for your doctor to do the stitches that dissolve instead of the stitches that have to be pulled out, 
I would recommend that because when I was five days post-operation, I wanted to be in my Snuggie under my covers doing nothing. I did not want to have stitches pulled out of me. So just a little micro thought. But yeah, then recovery finished up, wrapped up, and I was back to normal. I mean, there wasn't much different besides the fact that my whole fucking life had changed. Part of my French, but I cuss anyway, you guys know this, but my whole fucking life had changed, guys. Dr. Copeland took me from a 32 E cup to a glorious 32 C cup and I felt incredible. I literally remember the first day I was cleared to like work out again, I went for the longest run of my life because my back felt so freaking light. They had taken something like seven pounds of breast tissue out of me. And so a weight had legitimately been lifted off of me. And then I got to shop. And you guys, for somebody who has never been able to wear bralettes or tube tops or spaghetti strap dresses, I felt like I, it was Christmas. Like I felt like I was in a winter wonderland. I was just like, I got a little card happy and was swiping a little too much, but <laughs> I was just buying all of these new clothes that I loved and that actually felt like they represented my personality and my style instead of just being whatever the hell I could find that would fit my boobs and not make me uncomfortable. I was like actually dressing for me and I felt amazing. And so life continued and yeah, I just, how do I say this? I get asked all the time if I regret it. And I feel like the best and most frank way to put this is hell the heck in hell no, okay? Hell no, nah. hell no, not today, not tomorrow, never. I don't regret it and I never will because I feel so much better physically and so much better mentally. And a frequent question that I get asked and actually one of the questions I have from the listeners for you guys is, Allison, I know you had a breast reduction I've heard from people that they grow back afterwards. Are you worried about this? Has this happened? Also, can you tell me about scarring? Okay, um, so let's first get into the scarring thing because that's easy. I have had scars since my breast reduction and they are barely visible now. At this point, five years later, you have to squint to see them. That meaning if you are seeing my breast scars, you are seeing me very close up naked. And so at this point, I would kind of expect you to not give a shit. And also I think they're kind of cool. I think they look like tiny little lightning bolts. Like I think they're adorable and they're basically faded anyway. So that answers about the scarring. And then as far as your breasts coming back, there is a level of legitimacy to that. So I am back up to about a 32D and it's been five years. And that's still not bad at all. It's definitely much more comfortable, but I was initially disappointed that they started to come back. But if you carry weight naturally in your breast, unfortunately, that is just kind of how you're hardwired. So if you do have children, especially, you could have your breast return to full size. And so I do tell people if you're planning on having kids, it's worth considering waiting. Um, I'm definitely not saying you have to because you can always have the surgery redone. But, you know, with insurance and everything, if you are for sure you're going to have kids, especially multiple kids, I would consider that and kind of weigh it out beforehand. Um, for me, at 18, as scandalous and taboo as this is, I knew in my heart that I didn't want kids. I'm actually 25 now and going through the process of 
looking at my options for tube litigation because my entire life I've known, you know, there's a lot of things I'm meant to be on this world. I'm meant to be a podcast host. I'm meant to be a friend, a daughter, a godmother, a, you know, a maid of honor. I'm going to be like an auntie to my friend's kids. And I even want to be an adopted parent one day. But one thing I don't want to be is a birth mom. And so, you know, at a young, young age, I knew that. And so when people were like, oh, but what about, you know, when your boobs come back after pregnancy, I just wouldn't say anything because I didn't want to open that can of worms because then it was like, oh, you're 18. You're definitely going to change your mind. You're going to want 100 kids by the time you're 25. I'm telling you, man, sometimes they get crazy with that one. <laughs> but being a foster mom and tube tying things, we'll save that for another day. Like I said, a whole nother can of worms. But yeah, so I, after the reduction, there really was never one moment where I regretted it. There has not been one second where I've even thought kind of that it was a mistake. It has been one of the best decisions I've ever made for myself because even though people were telling me to wait, to wait, to wait, it gave me the opportunity to live my life to the freaking fullest during these years. When I moved to Spain and was backpacking across Europe, as I had my backpack on, I remember thinking, if I still had the breasts that I used to have, I would be in so much freaking pain. I would be downing so much Advil every day. Like, I would just be miserable. And like, hiking at Machu Picchu, I was just like, man... I would have been miserable and it's like yes you can do it and if you're big breasted and listening to this I don't want you to get the wrong idea and think that you can't live a full life you 100% can live a full life with big breast but it's up to you like what level of comfort you're seeking in life and for some people they can handle that discomfort me I couldn't I knew that I was in pain and it was decreasing my quality of life and so I made my pitch to the insurance and somehow I pulled it off and I won and I think that the universe really had my back on that one and I was really really fortunate to have people supporting me in the decision I made because my mom and dad immediately understood. They were like yeah you know you're I don't want to say an athlete because everybody listening is probably laughing if they've seen me like throw a ball but like I was a cheerleader okay I'm an athlete and I wanted to be able to be mobile and to be like just super, super flexible and strong. And I couldn't be these things with this weight tied to my chest. And so once I had that removed, my life changed and I was going to the gym regularly and I felt super confident and at home in my body. And it also taught me a really valuable lesson at a really young age. And that's, how do I say this? No matter what other people think about your situation, like that's literally irrelevant. Like what I'm trying to say is from the outside looking in, like the perspective of people on the outside is completely irrelevant and can go straight into the shredder because they don't know what you're living with. They don't know how you feel every single day. And so they don't get a say and you should advocate for yourself any and every chance you get because unfortunately in this life, the only person we can always 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 count on to advocate for us is ourselves and that's why I'm a huge huge advocate <laughs> for I'm sorry I couldn't help myself I'm a huge advocate for being your own advocate stand up for yourself have your own back if you feel a type of way about something and you are like feeling strongly about it trust your damn intuition trust yourself stop gaslighting yourself you know your body you know your mind you know your soul 
you know every inch of yourself or if you don't you're in the process of learning it and so don't let anybody or anything keep you from doing what you want to do in this life because you only get one shot I mean I believe in reincarnation so you do get other shots but like not at this specific life like this specific time is only going to happen once your existence this plane of existence that you're vibing on this happens once and so don't let the opinions of others keep you from doing what you want or what you believe is right for you because yeah I promise I have made it to the other side of what other people thought about my decision to have my breast reduction and let me tell you I couldn't be happier and by the way if you guys have any additional questions about this about my journey with my breast reduction about insurance getting approved about you know how I feel afterwards shoot me a message on Instagram because I would love to provide guidance and support for you and shoot you some resources because I know what it's like and I've been there and I've wanted to feel like I had control of my own body and yeah so I'm really glad that I was able to come on and share this story today because it's been one that I've been wanting to share for a really long time but I knew that it was gonna get a little lengthy and so I wanted to wait until a day that I had longer than you know 15 20 25 minutes for a solo episode I wanted to be able to be sure to really cover as much as I could so that somebody somewhere listening to this um, gets help because of it and is able to get the surgery or at least start looking into it as an option for them because as I said my quality of life has been so so improved and there are risks associated with breast reductions as there are risks associated with anything and your surgeon will cover those with you and it is up to you to determine if those risks are worthy of what you'll be getting which in my experience so far has been five years of lifted confidence lifted um physical comfort all of the things and so yeah thank you guys for holding this space and letting me share my story um it's always a really good time doing these solo episodes and yeah i look forward to catching you guys after the retreat i'm going on um after california i'm gonna spend two days in denver before i pop home and so i'm sure i'll have all sorts of wild travel stories for you but if you enjoyed this episode feel free to give it a share um, if you really loved it, leave us a rating or a view. That definitely helps the podcast grow so we can reach more hearts and souls just like yours. I love you guys so, so much. And thank you for being here and for being a part of the Wishing You Wellness family. If you haven't checked out our Patreon, check that out. The link is in the bio to the show's notes. Um, you can join the community for as little as $3 a month and you get access to behind the scenes stuff, a look into my personal life, um, some behind the scenes of the podcast being made, early access to things like new cover art, all that fun stuff. So if you're interested in that, check out the episode notes. But yeah, I think that's about it for today. And I'll be seeing you guys super soon. This has been real. This has been well. This has been Allison. This has been wishing you wellness.